ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, Purpose Girls. So for all of the years that I've been doing this work, I still would feel an immense amount of emotion in my body. I still feel this emotion in my body. When I feel anxious, it feels like all-out panic. When I feel angry, it feels like all-out rage. And I didn't know what to do with all of that emotion. And I could use all these mindset tools that I've been sharing here on the Purpose Girl podcast and that I learned in positive psychology and in my education. But still, the emotions were so hard to control. And maybe that relates for you. Maybe it resonates. Until last year, when I started learning how to move them in my body. And you can go back to an earlier episode of the Purpose Girl podcast when I talk about what to do with fear and what to do with grief. But what I discovered was that our emotions get stuck in our body. And the way I discovered that is that I joined a woman's program where dance breaks were kind of mandatory. It was like 500 women and every so often a song would come on and we would dance and move it in our body. And then we had this experience of moving anger through our body, like really all out, punching this, you know, the floor and kicking and screaming and doing the same with rage and doing the same with our grief and our sadness. And everything started to lift for me. Everything started to shift. And I found an immense new appreciation and amount of joy. And I have learned since that we have got to move our emotions. So today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about how do you move your emotions? What we have to do to move our bodies and to really become this glorious whole woman who can own all of our emotions but know what to do with them so we aren't just taking it out on your husband or your wife or your kids or the boss or the dog. And my expert today is the best person to take us through this. She is someone I have admired from afar and reached out and said, I need to have you on my podcast. Will you do this? And I am beyond thrilled that you get to be with her today. Intoxicating and energetic, Bernadette Pleasant is a fiery, sensual speaker, a somatic healer, and, a create, and the creator of FEM, a mind-body wellness program. She has spent a lifetime exploring creative visualizations and celebrations of the human form, from sensual dance to somatic healing. She is a gifted healer, an incredible dancer. Oh, this woman can move. An entrepreneur. Her business now is all over the world. It's incredible. She channels her personal journeys and her radical em empathy into transformative, immersive experiences that empower and celebrate people of all genders, all ages, all sizes, all fitness levels. Bernadette travels globally, empowering everybody through classes, private workshops, retreats, conference engagements. She's recently been published with a chapter in her book. She was recently featured in the news in Amsterdam. I mean, she is all over. Her classes are all over the U.S., as well as China, Canada, the U.K., and more. It is beyond, beyond, beyond my pleasure to introduce my guest today, Bernadette Pleasant. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Karen. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, well, so am I. I almost feel like we can't sit during this, yeah, this I, well, episode. We're, I, yeah, we're going <laughs> to, we, we got to move our body. I'm in a constant dance break. <laughs> yes, constant dance break. I love this. So you founded FEM. Tell us what FEM is. FEM is a 90-minute moving experience. It is, at its core, it is emotional release work. It's hidden in movement. Uh, so it, it can feel like a dance class, but it's so not a dance class. It's bigger than that. It's about using your voice, using your body, using the space you are in and the space you want to take up and filling that with your energy unapologetically. Mm, mm, mm. And I've had the pleasure of taking a couple of 
FEM classes with one of your teachers. And I love what you're saying. There is this, it's not a dance class where they're saying, now move your arm, you know, up and now move your leg this way. It's your own expression. But like you said, fullness of taking up space. Yes, and being unapologetic with it. What we do in every aspect of this body of work was created with healing in mind. Um, it was put together in such a way to help me take up more space. It started with me. It's, it started with my mm -hmm. own personal need to move from shut down to expand. Show off. Yeah, exactly. To show <laughs> off. I'm ever telling people, please bring your too much. The too much that you've been asked to shut down or the too much that you feel you have within you that you need to put a lid on let how about bring all of that and let that go um mm -hmm. in these walls that's the space we want you to move through emotion here and we do that with african drums mm. and the reason why we use the drums is because unlike music you know which i love music i absolutely love music um i'm playing it all the time but there's something hypnotic about the drums there's something that takes us back home, you know, it's the first sound we've all ever heard was a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's something that the melodic sounds of the healing hands on the drums can actually help to calm our nervous system and cause us to feel safe. And from that place is where we can start to take up more space. Ooh, yeah. this is so good. It really goes back to our being in, in utero. I mean, it goes back to that moment. And I love what you're saying that drums connect us to that, to that moment. And of course, all of our early ancestors, you know, when we talk about early thousands of years ago, we talk about early instruments, yes. right? The drum has always been there. And so it is in our cells, it's in our, our bones and the work feels very primal, right? Yes. So Tell you said that this began with your healing. Yes. Would you share our, your journey with us? Absolutely. My journey began with being a part of a religion. There, there are many things that, that speaks to my journey, but essentially what happened was I was, um, my, I grew up Jehovah's Witness and mm -hmm. my family was very, um, <laughs> it was tight. It was restricted. And um, I married very young. Uh, I was given an ultimatum as a teenage girl to get married or stop seeing this guy. And yeah, mm. I, I was a rebellious teenager. So, you know, it was like, I'll show you, I'll marry him, you know? <laughs> Despite you, I'll do the thing I, that you want me to do. I'll do this. <laughs> um, and so I got married, but but I got married because I was running away from a household that there was sexual abuse in the household, and mm. I, I wanted to get out of that. So it was just mm -hmm. one bad situation after another. Yeah, and this I was quite young. I mean, I got married at seventeen. I was a, I was in high school. Wow. And and so I I knew coming from the the sexual abuse, um, there was shut down. And mm. it created a disconnect with my mom and I. The, the abuse came at the uh, hands of my stepfather. And I then, you know, run off and get married at just mm. very young age uh, to a man who was involved in this religion and wholeheartedly in it. And that worked out pretty well for a few years, so I thought. Mm. And right about 24, I started to have an opinion. Mm. <laughs> A woman with an opinion. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. And and I realized that it it wasn't welcome. And, and mm. you know, you, you see things through different lenses at certain ages. But at that, because he was a very um, methodical, uh, he was a planner. Uh, he, he was very good with finances and um and I thought all of this was wonderful because this, this, these were great qualities, and they were. But what wasn't in there was any room for how I wanted to spend the money mm. or the time or what we were going to do or the things I thought we might want to purchase. So there was a controlling element in there. And mm. 
when it became really clear that my voice wasn't welcome here, I started to notice the ways in which I shut down mm. and made myself smaller. Uh, mm. The way I started to just go along to get along. Mm-hmm. My family, my then husband's family, and all our friends were part of this religion. And things that I just accepted and went along with were no longer working for me. And and I'll give you an example. Um, uh, a woman's right to choose. Um, hmm. this, this, this didn't agree with uh, the, the, the religious principles there. And I had a problem with that. And, and hmm. we were speaking about it. And I realized that my voice, my opinion, my personal opinion didn't matter. It wasn't welcome. Hmm. And it's so hard. Yeah. You're so young. Yeah. I, I was so young, but I knew something wasn't right about this. There was something absolutely something mm-hmm. not okay if I can't if if we can't agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the option for me was to agree and go along or disagree and get kicked out. Wow. And being kicked out of that religion meant a disconnect with your family. Yeah. And I didn't want that. I just wanted to have my own voice. Right, right. Of course. I mean, you don't want to disconnect from your mom or anyone in your family and your friends. And I did. You just wanted a voice. Exactly. And it, and it wasn't welcome. And, and this was just in conversation. It wasn't a, a personal decision I was making about my body. It was just, you know, normal conversation, but you know, they were, they believed it was black and white and they were no yeah, get on board or get out. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Thought, you know, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> and, and it was a really hard decision to make because it meant I, I have had a six year old daughter at the time. Mm. And, um, and I married so young that I really didn't know who I was. I was coming into this. Sure. And I found myself excommunicated disfellowship from this, um, way of being. And I wasn't, I regretted missing my friends and family. I, and I, I left my husband. Um, I decided he, he, uh, he insisted that his household was going to be, uh, in this religion. And I just thought, well, it's that, that but it doesn't work for me and making really hard choices, really hard choices. Um, but I started to notice how my my body had shut down. I literally started to shrink. Um, mm. Things like losing eye contact, feeling less confident um, about myself, doubting uh, whether I made the right decision. These are really core principles. Like I, these are things that I needed. Um, we all need mm-hmm. to feel the right to express ourselves and at least be heard. And without such serious repercussions. Yeah. I mean, you faced ultimate repercussion. I mean, separating from your family. And I mean, that is a very brave, very hard decision to make. And and I'm thinking about how wise you were at such a young age. And and for so many of us who have who have felt like we had to shrink or become small, it wasn't kind of like a, a family or life or death situation. But but here you were faced with this and you had a child. So what a brave decision to make for your daughter Yes, to learn that she can have an opinion. Indeed. This was, you know, I wasn't trying to be a a revolutionary. I was just, (laughs) I I really wasn't. I didn't didn't think of it. Following your own truth. I was just, you know, I just realized that this wasn't, this didn't feel good. It didn't feel Mm. right. And I, I didn't, I wasn't okay with being quiet or silenced. So I stepped away and that has really cost dearly in many ways. Mm. I mean, I haven't had a relationship with my mother in almost 25 years. Mm. Um, and I grieve that process. It, it has been very difficult. I'm the oldest of seven. And some of my siblings, you know, my babies um, are involved in that religion. So there's literally, there's no contact. Mm. Um, uh, they they believe that if you make a choice to not be here, um, that you set- then you're choosing. Yeah, yeah. I have had a couple of coaching clients who have also 
Ugh. been excommunicated from from that community. And I, I want to I love everybody in every religion and everything. It's just such a, a a brave choice for you because the way and to hear this from you, the way I know you is as this very confident, larger than life woman. And to hear that you were literally silenced and had to make a choice between being silenced or being true. It makes so much sense why then you would go into this work of teaching people absolutely to speak their voice and be their truth and take up space. Yes. When I am asked why I created this body of work, the only answer I have is because I had to. It was mm. it was for my own survival. I I certainly didn't sit down with a, you know a business plan and I was going to create a body of work. That's not what it was. What I started to notice is um, I, I was doing various modalities of healing. I, I needed help. I, I was grateful to be on um, the couch of my therapist on a regular <laughs> basis. And I needed that because you know, it was really tough times coming away and all the silence that that's ensued uh, uh, and the heartbreak. And, and there was a lot of fear because because I did, I didn't quite know who I was. I, you know, I I gone from mom's house to husband's house. I never understood what home for me was like, and I didn't trust myself. And yeah, and so I started to notice how I then got even more small because of fear, fear of mm. going to make the wrong decision, or I I don't have any support system. Yeah, I don't know if you felt any fear of failure. I. I too went for, I got married at 22, so a little older than you, but still very young. And so I also went from my parents' house to husband's house. And when I knew it wasn't right and I left, I then feared I'm going to fail at being on my own and everybody's going to say, see, I told you so. And yes. Yeah. You so know, I get this. That That is so true. And and particularly in, in that sect, people who had left didn't fare well, <laughs> you know, mm. I mean, I think a lot of things add to that equation. For example, if you have a support system and then you suddenly don't have one, uh, you, you know, you might fall prey to some devices that, that aren't, you know, un, that are fairly unsavory. Um, a lot of people turn to drugs and, and, mm. and, and nervous conditions, which I was certainly feeling that, I mean, I mm -hmm. was experiencing mm -hmm. that. But what started to happen after I sort of sat in my bedroom, you know, for a year, um, was I, it was time to get out mm. and find out what I liked and things I like to do. And one of the things that I love to do, well, well, I love to dance. I always love to dance. Mm. And this was something that I was, I was moving very guarded, if you will, mm. that, 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 Ability to just move your body with ease and take up space certainly comes from an inner confidence and an inner love. And these were things that were smaller in me at this time. Yes. But I would go out and dance. And I used to go to this Cuban club in Newark, New Jersey. And it was every Wednesday night. And I would go every Wednesday night and there was something about this club and I, I like to go to other places to dance and what have you but there was something about this club and I couldn't put my finger on it it was like I could barely make it to the next Wednesday and then I, I was <laughs> so happy to get back there and get another infusion but it was those live drums Ooh. they had live drums and something would happen for me on that dance floor that happened nowhere else mm. and what was happening it, it makes perfect sense now that I understand the power of drums but mm -hmm. in that what it does is it relaxes creates almost like a, a womb like container it helps to turn off all those thought patterns of am I doing it right is it, do I look okay it helps to calm all that down and it, it sort of stirs up your life force mm -hmm. happening and so to feel safe and have my life force stirred at the same time Ooh. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and what a, I mean let life force yeah. right and 
And none of you can see Bernadette. I, when I tape these podcasts, I can always see the person. And she is moving her exquisite body as she's talking, her life force, just like rolling her hips and rolling her shoulders. And it's it's actually making me do the same. And this is what I've learned from this woman. And and I will tell you, Bernadette, I was leading a retreat of women last week, and I've now started incorporating dancing, something I hadn't done before. And they all commented to me on how free my movement is and how expressive. And I didn't have live drums. But this idea, how many of us, whether it was from religion or it was from an older brother or it was from a second grade teacher who said, who are you to, you're too big or too small or whatever it might be, that we've all made ourselves smaller. And so to have space to, to, and permission Yes. And safety to just let our body go. This is a natural state, I actually think, probably for all people. I know women, you know, more than I know the, the female condition more than the male condition, mm-hmm. but this is a natural state for us that we've we've forgotten because when we were little babies, yes. we were when we were two years old, we were dancing. I love that you use that. But toddlers, I love to use toddlers, they use their entire bodies. There's no shame, and 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 they're they're wiggling everything with glee. (laughs) Their voice, they let you know when they're angry, Um, and and you see it in their entire bodies. There, there's no, they they have to be taught to to calm that down. Mm -hmm. Sadly, um, um, I'm and I'm not promoting that. What I'm saying is, it's not a natural state. Right, right. We've been told, you know, shush. stop doing you. Sh- right, you can't do that here, or or just shush. I, I'm you, one too many times, and what starts to happen is shame is built around whatever the emotion is. So mm. if you're told you, it's there's no time for your to be angry or or stop crying or or even with joy. I mean, I there's a story that I tell often about joy. I wanted to express joy and I didn't want to look crazy or I <laughs> I didn't want to I, I didn't want to be the most joyful person in the room because, you know, uh others weren't feeling joy, so I toned down my joy. So mm. it starts to happen or or I don't want to come across cocky, so I don't while I'm really happy and confident about something and feeling really sure in my body, um, I'm now trying to humble my confidence, you know? So there are mm-hmm. so many ways in which emotions are curtailed or stifled or girdled, or I often say to you, it feels like you just put a tight pair of spanks on your, yes, perfect analogy. No life and- force with spanks. Mm, there is no life force with spanks. So true. Thank goodness. I, I, Love you, Spanx, but I did stop wearing them to weddings because I got to dance, you know? Like, I mean, they serve a purpose, but I mean, absolutely live like that. Right, right. And so this idea of life force, right? Like our creative energy and our, I keep, you know, feeling into like my my solar plexus here as we're talking about this, our, our bodies have natural life force energy. And so, so there you were and you were going through something so traumatic you end up, you're dancing and feeling the power of that drum. You're taking up the space. And did you then say like, I've got to teach this or you just started doing it and people started showing up? Well, what, what started to happen is I had taken some trainings and some other modalities of movement and, and I thought they were, they were great. They were, they were great. They weren't, they had beautiful qualities to them, but I have to tell you, I needed to growl. Yes. I wanted life force healing and I wanted it to Mm. be messy. I wanted it to be able to be, if if need be, messy, loud. Um uh I wanted it inward. I didn't want I I and I wanted to not only be able to use my voice, because I'm really find that in addition to moving the body, it is important to use our voices to Mm. set to emotions. Um, so often I find that when we are filled with a lot of emotion and I don't call it good or bad because I don't believe they're good or bad emotions. I just believe they're emotions that need to be expressed. We are built Mm. for this. Uh, some emotions we don't 
prefer to have, like you know, rage or or grief or melancholy. But these are definitely we feel these things, we have these things. But what does it sound like? Because I think so often we lose voice when we're experiencing a lot of emotion. Yes, and that's something that that I encourage and and have in these classes. So I didn't. I was doing and offering other dances and and in lovely styles but what i started to notice is i i'd look around and think well this is nice but you know rather than a playlist i'm going to just i want some live music in here so let's try that so i'm mm. going to add things into other modalities and mm. and quite honestly my mentor uh, regina thomasauer said to me some years ago she says you know, I think you're creating your own thing. You you know, adapting other people's work. Why not go ahead and do what it is you want to do? And mm. I was so I was so encouraged. I really thought she was crazy. Uh, <laughs> but I was already doing it. I just wasn't taking yes. ownership of it. Right, right. And this is how it is with purpose, right? Yeah. So I talk purpose all the time on the Purpose Girl podcast, obviously, and. We are naturally living our purpose. Yes. You're right. Your purpose is you being your full self in the world. It's doing what's in your heart. I think we then just have a fear about putting an umbrella name on it and putting your your flag on the earth and saying, here I am. And of course, we're afraid of that because of everything we talked about earlier, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of blah, 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 blah. It's going to be fear of success. Fear of success. Yes, yes. And so how genius that you really were already living your purpose and for you to own it is incredible. And that was a huge step to say, this is mine. I did this. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think of the, the silly ways and it's all in the baby steps of the process. But I remember I had adapted something so much that it no longer looked at all like what I kept insisting on calling it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so human. I mean, I just want to hug your younger Bernadette because of course she did that. That's like, it's so human. You were keeping it in a blankie. Yeah, I, I certainly was. And I was just, <laughs> I was just afraid to say this is mine because that meant I needed to show up. And that also meant there, there was some importance about it. it mm. As long as I could treat it like this hobby, it was just sort of over there. Uh, mm. but, but if I, this seems serious to say that I'd done something, but I did. Mm. I had done something and it was good. And I was seeing results in myself at the way I was showing up and then students coming to class and they were coming for the way I was offering this. And so I, I would have someone say, you know, are you training others to do this? And I'm thinking, well, no, because I'm, I'm, it, 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 it seems so organic. Mm. Um, I didn't, I, yes, I'd taken many somatic movement classes and, and movement psychology and things like that. And so there was, there was, there was an understanding of what was being created, but there was no goal in mind, like no, no plan for this work. And I was just doing it. But now mm. I was, I, you know, putting putting that flag in the ground and saying, you know, mm -hmm. that's actually what was happening here was I didn't value myself. I didn't mm. value what I had created. Mm. Mm. And it really meant doing the inner work of saying, this is valuable and you did this, honoring my heart, my genius of creating yes. this and yes. being okay with that. Um, I don't know that I could have said that my genius of creating this five, six years ago. I know I could. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a I can. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And this is the journey, right? This is the the opportunity for all of us. Whatever, as you're listening to this, whatever your calling is, whatever you're feeling, it is normal to have the fear around it. It's normal to hide, even as you're putting it out there. And this opportunity, because I think especially as little girls, though certainly there are plenty of little boys that this happened to as well, but especially I think as little girls, we were told to, you know, 
be nice and yeah. be quiet. Don't speak until you're spoken to, you know, don't brag all of that, that we are afraid to, to own our genius. Absolutely. And I love how you just phrase that. I love how you just phrase that. So I have now experienced your genius in a couple of different formats and it's beyond incredible. So let's get, I want to go into this growl, Okay. right? I, I was, I was holding a retreat in Greece uh -huh. a few months ago and I was doing this, I was dancing out emotions with the participants and I started screaming in the anger Yes. and they were a little, they were afraid, didn't know what to do with it. But then I worked with them and one of them, and this is not my expertise. I just know how powerful it's been for me. And one of them really started raging. Yeah. And then it was like day two of the retreat. She had the biggest smile on her face afterwards I've ever seen. And she said, my whole, this changed my whole life. My whole life, I was taught that anger is ugly. Absolutely. It is the most beautiful thing ever. Oh, is it ever? Yes. So what do you recommend? Do you recommend someone just in their house just starts screaming? Like, how do we do this? I recommend people do whatever it is that they need to. First of all, I, I, I recommend that they acknowledge that, that it's there. Mm. Not turn away, not put a bow on it, not make it pretty. Uh, you know, <laughs> don't just, you know, I am angry. And yes. And don't should like, I shouldn't be angry. I should appreciate yeah. my home or my, my kids. Yeah. Of course you do all that. Yes. You, and, that and this, mm -hmm. and this is about self-care. This is about the deepest self-care. It is taking care of yourself. Imagine what, and, and I, it, it's whatever format it is for, it depends on 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 the person some people want to just ball their fists up and punch at the air and that's just perfect someone mm. else want to take those bald fists and like you want to take care of your body because it's with anger it's also really possible to hurt yourself so you don't want to do that but to grab a pillow mm. and i don't know if i can curse here but to beat the shit out of something you got it girl good uh, yeah, it feels yes. so good to be able to just give yourself that, and whether it's and and I'm a big fan of sound because I sound resonates in the body, and you're not up mm. in a cycle by doing this. Imagine it's actually just sort of like cleaning out pipes or 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 the gook that has been stuck and made wrong and pushed down for so long giving that permission to just come out and, and release however that is, whether it's stomping your foot, whether, and, or growling. I, I, I try not to scream too much because it can hurt your vocal cord, mm. but it's okay to just let a good one out or a grunt. <laughs> it is primal. I think of an angry, if you think of an animal, um, mm -hmm. just, just pick one, but any animal that, that gets, angered there is sound and body movement happening yeah it's you know we forget that we are animals and that and and it's okay this is this is being human that when mama bear when someone's coming you know over to to baby oh. bear mama is gonna yeah. growl yes that is and that is appropriate absolutely right but what do we do we hold back and so if someone has taken away your right through abuse taken away your life force taken away and you are now at a place where you notice it's all inside of you. I am a big fan. I go into the woods yeah. that block from my house and I do, I will just scream and it feels so good. And the thing is that how many of us have been taking out our anger just on other people? Yeah, it, it's going to come out. It's going to come out right. sideways. It's going to come out in really unhealthy ways. We are going to be bitter. Uh, yes, or or just just raving anger, raging anger that that's unhealthy, and that's what happens when you've been trying to put a lid on that pot. Yes, as opposed to finding ways. Now, I'm not promoting road rage. There's a difference here. Here, I'm not saying you know, you, jump across the conference room uh, table and choke. <laughs> yeah, no, the opposite. Yeah. But, I think you do this thing with the pillow exactly. and in the woods. And yeah. I do it so that I don't take out on other yeah. people, right? Because otherwise I do. Otherwise it comes out in resentment. Otherwise it comes out in judging. 
Yeah. Otherwise, it comes out in self-loathing. Self-loathing. It's huge. You know, some ways, I'm, I'm going to tell you ways that my anger, um, and grief is another one, but um, mm-hmm. anger, uh, the ways that that can come out for me was I was going to go shopping. Oh, I yeah. I was going to buy whatever the fuck I wanted. Yes. So what I was doing was I was accumulating debt. Mm. I was hurting me. Mm, mm. I, I didn't have a way to process it. So what I did with all that energy I had is I did something. It could be it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be um eating, Netflix. Eating. It could be sugar. Oh my god, sugar is a big one. Yes. Netflix. Absolutely. It's something that you do in excess. Uh and it becomes the mindless thing that you do in excess. And you're not even tuned into it there, but it, but it gives you something, even if it's just for a moment. Yeah. 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 And, and, and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, yep, I sit on my couch every night and with the bag of chips, you are not alone. This is, this is so, this has become so normal to numb our feelings. Indeed. And what we're saying here, and I love, I love everything you're saying, Bernadette, is that we deserve a human experience where we don't numb, but we live fully, unapologetically. We take up the space. And what you're talking about here is giving your emotion somewhere to go that is healthy. And like you said, with anger, with grief, I mean, with, there's so much grief. So much grief. So much grief. And there's so much shame about around having the grief. Mm. You know, Crying is a, these are just ideas, uh, thoughts uh, uh, that crying is a sign of weakness. Mm. That I don't, I, well, people don't feel safe enough to cry. They may do it in the shower where there's water already mm. running. You know, just that feeling of not wanting to get out of bed or needing help with some, because there's always a pill that'll help you do this. But what it's not doing is dealing with the actual problem. Um, right. One of the things that I do and speak to in in film experiences and workshops is I speak to the fact that we are built like weather. Some days there's sun, another days there's a cloud, and sometimes there's an earthquake. <laughs> but you are never going to live in a constant state of earthquake. Mm. But that might be your anger. You allow that thing to happen so that you can move on. Yes. Think of toddlers. They, because they express the emotion, they then move on. They're not dragging it around for an eternity. <laughs> right, for a decade and, yes, and to the shopping mall. Yeah. And that only comes from stifling that somehow. Oh, this is so good. And, and I love how you say, too, that emotions are neither good nor bad. In my field of positive psychology, I think we've we too often have said that there's positive emotions and negative emotions, and and I'm sure with your influence, um, I have, I'm sure the, it's in part because of your influence that I have been shifting to say all emotions actually are good because they're all giving you information. We are right. Anger is is simply telling you that somehow you feel like you have been wronged or there's some something that someone's trying to take from you or and so we can use it as information right get it out of your body and then you can be like the toddler the anger's out and now you can actually rationally say and what am i going to do about this exactly what am i going to positively do about this for myself or for someone else but but i'm going to now move into action i can now move into action because i am not shut down by it Right. When we are controlled by the emotion, then we are so shut down because we're at the shopping mall or we're resentful of everybody else around us or we're stuffing down with the Oreos, by the way, which I've done. So no judgment out there. No judgment. Right. So um, this whole idea of, you know, moving the emotions through my body of screaming it out has been so powerful for me. Do you have a couple of examples, Bernadette, of what you've seen? Yeah. One of the most beautiful things I see more often is just that people come in not knowing what to expect and leaving looking radiant. Mm. That to me is, or or the feeling of, I feel like I lost weight 
or <sighs> some kind of emotional weight because it can feel in a 90 minute class. This is your 90 minute weight loss. <laughs> You've got a 90 minute weight loss plan for you. And it, and it works and it works and it works. Those are what I see more often um, or just someone finding the rightness in being able to take up space. Mm. Uh, and mm. I love that there's nothing they need to do but show up. They they don't have to know how to do anything. If they can if they can get themselves there, however they did it, if they walked or crawled or hopped, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, because this is not about knowing dance moves or being good at dancing. You take people through an emotional journey, right? I think you call it an emotional tour, and including how to be your full on joy. Yes, you know the emotional tour is basically talking about a cycle of a, it could be a cycle of a day, a cycle of an hour, a cycle of mm. a year or a lifetime, but it, it's, it speaks to these uh, strong emotions or, or more prominent emotions of joy, grief, rage, lust, which is more about, mm. and, and lust, I am that, yes, that can appeal to the, the sensual sexual, but it's actually more about desires and what you feel mm. right about receiving and, and, and attracting to you. Uh, mm. And so then there's a confidence, which I mm. love that particular one. Cause you notice how in each one, as we go on this tour, um, how, how the body, it, the body shifts in, in emotion. Um, when grief, people tend to cower and their shoulders roll down. Mm. Grief, you start to see like muscular and, and, and it looks different for everyone, but joy can be light and, and fun. Uh, but confidence has a certain kind of erectness in the spine and eye contact. Mm. And, and while it's not an emotion, we usually end on flirt. And, and flirt, it's, it's, it's so, it's joyous and it brings emotion into the body and mm. heart filled. And so often after if, when we are in the stage of confidence and we're acting that out and moving through confidence, it actually lends itself to flirt often because when you are mm. feeling confident, it can become very playful and very, yes. it's a lovely feeling because, and, and I speak to that, that, that flirt because that flirt is, that flirt is just about really feeling good about yourself being feeling so high on you that that everybody else gets to gets a little pixie it's a little, on you. yeah a little sprinkle a little dust. sprinkle of the dust, dust as you go by yes and and what is so delightful about this so incredible is that the body knows wow. and what i'm hearing you say is the body actually knows confidence oh yeah you might not feel it in your life you might feel like you are beaten down like you've got nothing and I am promising you, because I have been to these classes, that when you are in a safe environment and you're hearing the drums and you're allowing yourself, your body remembers confidence. Absolutely. From when you were a toddler, your body remembers joyful play and, you know, letting go. And and it is transformational. Yes. I mean, like you said, someone comes in and says that they feel like they lost weight. <laughs> and, and they did. They lost their baggage, right? They lost whatever backpack they were carrying. And and it's so powerful. And I have found that doing this kind of work has allowed me then to be able to then move forward in my life. Yes. You know, I, I came into the, the women's program where I met you, Mastery, uh -huh. uh, a few months after a miscarriage. Okay. And when, and that miscarriage just took me down. It was my second miscarriage. I was 43. I really felt like there is no hope for me anymore with baby. And when I learned more about moving this through my body and I allowed myself to do that, I was, I was able to actually elevate to higher levels, right? It's like it, once I allowed myself to experience the depth of my grief yes. and not shut it down, you know, in my own, you know, upstairs in my office by myself, really moving my body to it, really letting myself be a grieving mother that lost a child, right? Even though it wasn't, but that was the feeling in my body and letting myself scream and letting myself move and letting myself. And I actually took a bat out into the woods and I just beat the crap out of, you know, an old rock and stuff. It allowed them the space yes. for me to move, move through. I'm not saying quickly, but move through and be able to say, and now what? 
and and where am I going and what do I want to do with this and and actually the deeper of pain I got into the greater joy I could feel indeed it's been it's been incredible incredible yeah that you can become you can experience the fullness of the rapture because uh, you experience the fullness of your rupture yes and and this is you know at our base we are here on earth our purpose is to live fully indeed that's it right we don't have it's like we make it so much more complicated than we need to but living fully as you said living unapologetically like really being our true selves and it feels so good when you can take up that space with your body and your voice so bernadette i want everybody to be able to take a class with you or someone that you've taught uh so i know you've got workshops coming where do people find you i do well they find us on a website our website is live Fem and fem is f e m m e dot com. Uh, I have seventy teachers now throughout the U.S. and throughout the world. We have Canada and the U.K. now, and it's just so exciting. Congratulations! Thank you okay? That is huge. Can we just pause? Like I you are taking credit for this. <laughs> you are so a purpose girl. Okay, like you are a bad. Ass. You went from not even having a business plan. You've got 70 teachers around the world. Teachers and growing. I have, I teach once a month. Um, I teach in New York City once a month and then I travel throughout the world um, teaching. So I do, I do the 90 minute experience, which is the FEM experience. And, and it's built on such a beautiful heart rate system. We start off slow, it peaks, and then it comes down. So it really takes care of the nervous system. Mm. There's a workshop that I do called Emotion in Motion, and that's a full day, deep dive into exploration and exercises and, and partner work and all kinds of things. And I do that uh, periodically. And all of those things, um, the teacher trainings, some people want to come and experience it first. Others are just like, I just want some of that. So um, <laughs> they just dive right into being a teacher. Yeah, of course. Of course they do. Cause you're that happens. <laughs> I, I have, I'm sitting here going, you know, I should do the teacher training. You're so incredible. It's like Bernadette is that person, everybody out there, right? Her picture of course is, is and all, and her website and all this is, is in the show notes, but you are going to look at her and you're going to go, I'll have what she's having <laughs> because she's so effervescent, so radiant. So in her body, and I'm not, I'm sure Bernadette, you have bad days like everybody else. Oh, yeah. You're so in your, you seem so, you're so in your skin and you've lived through so much and you've really turned your pain into purpose. And it just, it inspires me to no end. I am just so honored. So your website is in the show notes. So Bernadette, on the Purpose Girl podcast, I like to do this thing called a Purpose Power Play Round. And it's when I ask my guests just a couple of random questions. And the first thing that comes to your mind, the game? I'm excited. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So when you were a little girl and you were maybe dreaming of your future, what was one thing you wanted to do or be? I wanted to be a nurse. Ooh. Do you remember what, what was it about being a nurse? It was probably the idea. And well, at that time, let's see, I was I'm a 60s baby. I was probably thinking of a little white outfit. <laughs> it was probably all about the clothes for me. <laughs> Something cute. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was the healing as much as I think I like the white dress. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Hopefully you have a little cute nurse's outfit now that you can dance I in. Do, and, as a oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, I love it. I love it. A book that everyone should read, knowing that there are many, so it can just be one. Yeah. Um, well, the first one that came to mind, Pussy, a reclamation. Amen. We talk about pussy all the time on this podcast. So absolutely. What is it about that book that you think is so important? First of all, I love the name. I love the name mm. because it it's um it's confronting. Mm. And so is being a woman. And I think think I, I love the audacity of it to mm. insist that women live bigger and fuller and not only that but really pleasurable lives 
mm-hmm. the audacity of it. I love it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yes. I also think it's a great book for men because it helps them understand. And for men who love women, um, I, I think they would want to enjoy this book as well. I think it makes for great relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I cannot agree more wholeheartedly. And there is a link in the show notes to Pussy as well. Let's make sure everybody gets that. All right. Last question. Five years from now, I'm bumping into you, maybe at one of your classes, maybe elsewhere. What's one thing you're hoping for in your life at that point? Five years from now, when we bump into one another um, in Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice it is, girlfriend. Come on. I think we should be there. What I want, <laughs> what I want for my life is that I am sitting there having lunch with you uh, mm-hmm. and that I am, first of all, I am feeling the abundance of the residual income that comes from my body of work. Mm. But, but more than that, I'm also feeling the abundance of knowing that throughout the world, this work is happening and that people are growing and taking up more space. Mm. That this thing that I didn't know how to name because I didn't value myself, that it has created because I learned to value myself. And then I, I stood in that, that this thing is out there working and changing and affecting lives. I want that feeling as I just sit there and sip on the tea and look out at the ships. And so shall it be, darling. So shall it be. Yes. Yes. All right. We're making our date for 2024 in Nice. Maybe we'll do a little event. People can come join us. Oh, yes, girlfriend. Well, Bernadette, it has been such a pleasure, such a pleasure, such an honor to have you here on the Purpose Girl podcast. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. You have changed my life and I know you are changing more every single day. And all of you out there, thank you for tuning into this episode. If you loved it and we hope that you did, please, please, please go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Leave us a review. You know that every other week I read the review of the week and I would love to read yours. You leaving reviews is how women all over the world are finding us. Women in Hong Kong, women in Lithuania, women in Malta are finding us because you are leaving those reviews. So thank you. Of course, you can always get your free Living on Purpose guide and all of my weekly tips and tools over on PurposeGirl.com. Just sign up there. It's free. Join our free community on Facebook, Purpose Girls, the Women's Happiness Network. Search for us there. Every single week, we're putting out great inspiration, great motivation, great tips and tools for you to use. Find me on Instagram at Karen Rockine. And as always, please, please, please share this with a woman in your life. Share this with a woman who needs to let go of some anger. Share this with a woman who's sitting with grief for a long time. Share this with your mothers, with your sisters. Share it with your brothers. Because the way that we are going to change the world, we are changing the world here on the Purpose Girl Podcast one woman at a time. So with that, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. Bye for now.